Welcome back in listeners to another fantastic episode of Whisper in the Wings. We have a very fantastic show, a timely show to share with you today. And joining us to share that show, we have the director and producer, Nick Brown, who will be joining us to talk about a show, Is My Microphone On?, playing May 26th through June 3rd at the Center at West Park, and that's at 86th and Amsterdam here in New York City. You can get your tickets and more information by visiting centeratwestpark.org. But in the meantime, let's go ahead and find more about this incredibly important show, Is My Microphone On? And for that, let's welcome our guest, Nick Brown. Welcome to Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. Hi, Andrew. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. I'm so excited that you're here. And I'm so excited to hear more about this show. We were just speaking before we started. I have been kind of making the rounds with a lot of topical shows. And it's almost like we're 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 keeping a lot of issues in the forefront. They're not going away because a lot of these problems are hmm, not going away. And mm-hmm. you've got this great show that sounds like it's dealing with a very important timely issue in a great way. So could you tell us a little bit more about what Is My Microphone On is about? Absolutely. So the title Is My Microphone On is actually inspired by a line from Greta Thunberg's one of her address to British, one of her addresses to British Parliament, where she asks, are you listening? Can you hear me? Is my microphone on? And everyone's like, haha, yes, we can hear you. And she proceeds to say something along the lines of, great, because we've been asking for change and nothing's happening. So this play is from the perspective of Gen Z, this younger generation who's inheriting a burning world, a world that has layering crises. And this younger generation is kind of being expected to come up with answers and or solutions. And so this play is a platform for seven teenagers to get up on a stage and confront the audience about the role that they're playing in this crisis or not playing and let out that angst, fear, anxiety, and start to imagine pathways forward together. So really it's, it's a play that is a confrontation between this younger generation and all the generations that came before about the legacy of, of this climate crisis and, and where we go from here. Amazing. Now you're the director and the producer of the show. So how did you come upon this piece so i'm a huge fan of jordan Tannehill, the playwright his name is jordan Tannehill. he's fantastic playwright originally from toronto i directed a piece of his last year at brooklyn college called concord floral and i'm just a huge fan of his writing it's very poetic urgent visceral and he published he wrote this play in 2021 and it, it just came out last year it was published i think in 2022 i immediately ordered it ordered it and read it and i was just kind of shocked when I read it. It was it was kind of like everything that I've been experiencing, everything that a lot of us have been experiencing in regards to not necessarily knowing what we can do because the, pro- the, the problem seems so large. Kind of this stream of consciousness investigation of all of those conflicting emotions and fears vocalized by this young group of performers for us almost as, as an offering, as, as a way to process our grief and fear and figure out where we go from here. So I read it and I was shocked and scared. And then I read it again and then I read it again. And then I realized, okay, I should just do this play. I have to do this play. That's amazing. 
what has it been like developing this piece? It's been it's been a challenge. <laughs> it's it's a gorgeous play, but it's it's hard for many reasons. The first of which is is that the conflict largely exists between the actors and the audience. The actors are directly confronting the audience, particularly in the, the first part of the play about the role that they're playing. And, and it's hard not having the audience in rehearsal. So that's challenging, but also it's a play that the playwright describes as could be done anywhere with, with anywhere between seven and 17 performers. So, and the lines aren't assigned. So we are actually creating characters with this ensemble, creating narratives and backstories in real time. So it's probably the most collaborative uh, experience I've done. And that's very inspiring and exciting, but also very challenging because where whereas most plays, the conflict exists on stage. And so a lot of things are very clear. For us, it's all it's all kind of in limbo, and and what and what the physical manifesta manifestation actually looks like, is is really up in the air and based on who's in the room. So we've been having a lot of fun creating with this ensemble the choreography, original music by Curtis Gillen, which is incredible, underscoring the majority of the play, and at some moments dance by Wilhen. This these choreographed uh, group moments, but like I said, because there isn't like a narrative plot structure that exists like solely on the stage. There's a lot of creative freedom that we've had and it's been kind of like finding, feeling our way through the dark and finding like what's right for us in this moment and what resonates and what we think will resonate with an audience in terms of the physicality. Very cool. This sounds like quite the experience. It has been. <laughs> now, has this play been done before or is this the world premiere of it? It has been done before. I know for a fact it's it, it premiered in Germany and then it went and had a production in, I believe, Toronto in Canada. Now, I, I think this might be the first show in the United States, but I'm actually not sure. It is the, the U.S., the New York premiere for sure. Yeah. Very cool. It is a timely piece. I dare say it's a, a very message piece. So kind of going with that, what is the message or thought that you are hoping audiences will take away from the show? I hope that audiences will leave the theater thinking about what it is that we're fighting for and really feeling ownership over that and feeling it's inspired to make small changes. We don't all have to, you know, completely transform every aspect of our life all at once. So we can't all become vegan immediately. We can't all completely stop using plastic immediately, but there's small little things that we can do that make a big difference. And I think this play is at the end of the day, rooted in love, like love for the planet and love for each other. And I hope that if audiences really can tap into that, they'll be inspired to investigate ways that they can lead with love and how that might show up in, in making small changes that are gonna be better for the planet and, and hopefully transform our situation because we don't have much time left. So we really do have to act urgently. Yes, yes. So my final question for this first part of the interview is who do you hope have access to the show? Well, it's interesting for, for a lot of shows, I feel like I have a very narrow target audience. And for this, I, I really do hope everyone has a chance to see it, but the people that immediately come to mind are the youngest members of our generation and the oldest uh, or of our population and the oldest members of our population, because I feel like young people 
really understand the the anger the fear and the anxiety and sometimes the resentment of like of what they're inheriting and i think a lot of older people are sitting in this position position of privilege and aren't aware that the impact of their inaction and so i'm very excited to see this play land on an older audience and to see them sit through that discomfort and what comes of that. Because, you know, New York City is one of the richest cities in the world. And there's a lot of people who have a lot of power and who aren't doing anything. You know, the play's happening in the Upper West Side. It's one of the richest neighborhoods. So I'm really excited to see this play land on these people who are operating from extreme privilege and see what comes of that. I hope that they're inspired to make real change because, you know, privilege it it becomes a horrible thing if you if you're not if you don't use it for good you know and i think i'm really excited for for the, for that for to see to see that happen I, i'm a little bit nervous because the play is so confronting but i'm also really excited for that show we always like to give our listeners a chance to get to know our guests a little bit more and i want to let our listeners kind of pull back the curtain on you and start by asking what inspires you what playwrights composers or shows inspire you or are even some of your favorites i love indie theater i love i love contemporary playwrights it's kind of the the circle i operate in so the theater company that inspires me the most is Soho Rep. That's where I see a lot of cutting edge, like really exciting work and some of the most exciting playwrights, like Jackie Sybil's Drury, one of my favorites. I'm just, I'm inspired by people on the fringes of, of theater. I love fringe theater. I love indie theater. I love site-specific theater. I love people who are inverting expectations. So it kind of changes by week. But, you know, the space that I go to for inspiration and has always been Soho Rep. It's a great company. It really is. Well, kind of going along with that, have you seen any great theater lately that you might be able to recommend to our listeners? You know what? I knew you were going to ask me this question. And I have not. I'm so, I've been, I've been so busy, Andrew. <laughs> is I don't know. I think a lot of theater artists get this way that like as soon as they enter rehearsal, it's like everything else shuts down. And unfortunately, I just haven't seen anything. I know Fat Hams on Broadway now, and I saw that at the public, and I thought it was fantastic. So that's something that I'm excited to try to see again. And the last thing I saw was, or one of the last things I saw, which was like two months ago now, was Wolf Play at MCC, which was originally from Soho Rap, which was just fantastic. The movement work, the ensemble, the acting, the direction. Set. Oh my God. The set. Oh yeah. And like Hansel Young's script. It's just everything about it was just fantastic. Yeah. And then I I don't know. I'm excited after the show opens to go see more. (laughs) It's been a while. There's a lot out there. I love how much theater is happening right now. It's amazing. Yeah. What is your favorite part about working in the theater? I love theater because it's the most collaborative art form. That's the easy answer. But within that, 
it's extremely challenging and gratifying to be a part of something that's so complex and that needs so many people, right? Finding agreement, finding the right way about anything in terms of creating the culture in a room or finding the right staging or, or design, it takes a village and that's really hard. It's hard to honor all the voices and to find and to find the most effective way for this group of people in this moment. But then when tech hits and everyone's work starts to come together, that's also the most exciting thing. That's the thing that that's where the magic is. That's where that special little ingredient that makes theater unlike anything else exists. So that's for me what it's always been about. I, you know, the first, when I got into theater, it was like, I was in middle school and I was, I was ushering for a production of Annie. <laughs> and I, I was just inspired by the fact that so many people were coming in and making something so complex happen. And I think that's, what's always drawn me to theater that they create this offering and then it expands and these people come in for, for a night and something happens that, you know, will never happen the same way again. And so for me, that's magic. I'm just chasing that magic. Yes, I love that answer. And it's a great segue into my favorite question, which is what is your favorite theater memory? I would say, so I went to school in Pittsburgh and there's this company called Quantum Theater. And I just love theater that's kind of doing things a little bit differently. And they were doing this show called When the Rain Stops Falling in an abandoned brewery. So it was this huge vacuous space and they kind of constructed this massive set that kind of went up towards the rafters and we were in a seating bank that was mirroring it. And over the course of the play, they kind of expanded into the space in ways that were very exciting and unexpected. And I think that, ex well, it was also winter and the heaters, they turned the heaters off before the show started. <laughs> so by like intermission, you could see your own breath. There was something about being in this, like this, this space that wasn't designed for theater and seeing it, it activated so effectively. It made the play land in a different way. It made it feel very urgent. It made me feel like I was sitting in a space where like something was happening that was that was like transformative, if that makes sense. I, it just really impacted me and changed my idea of like what theater could be. And so, I, you know, it's really informed me as an artist. Like whenever I, whenever I do a show, I've done a lot of site specific work, but even when I'm in a theater, I really try to use the space in a way that the show couldn't be done somewhere else, right? Like we're doing it and it's filling the space so intricately that if we moved it, it would feel wrong, you know? So that that's the first one that, that comes to mind. My second answer was when I saw Stephanie J. Black and, and <laughs> sorry, Defi when she did Defying Gravity on the tour when I was in high school, and I just lost my mind and started cry <laughs> crying. That was the moment I was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna do this forever because it was just so, so perfect and magical. I love that. No, no, yeah. that is an amazing memory. My two, my two answers. Those are, the spectrum. <laughs> those are both incredible. Thank you so much for sharing those. Do you have any other projects or productions coming on the pipeline that we might be able to plug for you? You know what? I appreciate that. And no. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I've been very fortunate. I've done a couple of shows back to back now, and I'm looking forward to a break this summer and the and and figuring out what's next for me. But right now, I have nothing. <laughs> perfect, perfect time to go see some theater. And there's exactly. some great theater out there. I can't wait. Well, finally, if our listeners want more information about Is My Microphone On or about you, perhaps they'd like to reach out to you, how can they do that? They can find me on Instagram and send me a little DM. It's Nick James Brown. Brown with an E. Nick James Brown. Or my website, www.nickjbrown.com. Either one. Brown with an E. Well, Nick, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today about this amazing show, about yourself and all the incredible experiences you've had. I can't wait to see the show and, and to meet you. And I can't wait to see what you do next. So I appreciate you taking the time to speak with us. Thank you. I appreciate this opportunity. It's been such a joy. You've created such a fun space. So I'm happy to be here and I'm looking forward to following the podcast in the future and catching some more great theater. Thank you so much. (laughs) My guest today has been the director and producer, Nick Brown, whose upcoming show, Is My Microphone On? is playing May 26th through June 3rd at the Center at West Park, which is the 86th and Amsterdam in New York City. You can get your tickets and more information by visiting centeratwestpark.org. You can also reach out to Nick through a couple of ways, which we're going to list on our episode description and social media. So make sure that you follow him, stay up to date on all his projects and productions. But in the meantime, in the right now, head over to center at westpark.org. Get your tickets for this very important, for this very timely show. Is my microphone on? It's playing May 26th through June 3rd. You don't want to miss it. So until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez reminding you to turn off your cell phones, unwrap your candies, and keep talking about the theater in a stage whisper. Thank you. Two friends from old New York town met in a foreign land. One sang the praises of Cape. If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com. Our theme song is Maniac by Jazzar. Other music on this episode provided by Jazzar and Billy Murray. You can also become a patron of our show by logging on to patreon.com slash stagewhisperpod. There you will find all the information about our backstage pass as well as our tip jar. Thank you so much for your generosity. We could not do this show without you.